0: Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. You know, we do whatever we do to
1: survive.
2: Drop it!
0: Good evening and welcome to Political Prisoner Radio on this Sunday night. It is November the 8th, 2015. Glad that you are tuned in right here on the Black Talk Radio Network. Just want to welcome in those who were just listening to uh, the author activist James Klingman. Uh, um, They were on there discussing um, the uh, movement one Million Black Voters and uh, Conscious Contributors. You can check them out at IamOneOfTheMillion.com. All right, uh, let's get started. And um, we have a lot of stories to share with you tonight here on Political Prisoner. And um, we are joined by, of course, the co-host and co-producer, Sister Amijo. Sister Amijo, how you making out, sis, since your the loss of your mom?
3: Um, it's difficult, you know. I'm going to definitely be, you know, going through the grieving process like, you know, most, most people right. do
1: and, and will go through.
0: So. Well, just know you got family that care and, uh, we're gonna keep you in, in your, um, the rest of your family, you know, in our thoughts and prayers. And so, um, so I'm glad that you joined us tonight and, and try to get some. Yeah, I'm so glad that you joined us tonight, Uh, but we got a lot to talk about to try to cram into uh, our long program. So let's just go ahead and get started. But let me just first tell people we are going to discuss several stories um, relating to political prisoners. Uh, Herman Bell is one of them. He was active during the 60s movement to make black lives matter in the fight for social justice. The 60s and the 70s, he, of course, was active with the Black Panther Party and the Black Liberation Army. Um, Also, we will, um, there is another uh, emergency medical alert that has gone out and that pertains to, and did I forget to put the information on here? Oh, there it is. Robert Self Hayes, uh, who was also uh, active with the Black Panther Party. Was he active with the Black Liberation Army?
1: Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, And then we also want to uh, share some information with you pertaining to one of the NATO three, who's also having uh, some health uh, medical issues. And that's Jared Chase. Again, he was one of the NATO three. Um, And then we will jump uh, to some international news coming out of Israel slash Palestine. I should say Palestine. Okay. Uh, But uh, there was a 14-year-old girl by the name of Tamara Abu Laban, um, and she was arrested by Israeli security forces. They are accusing her of incitement through Facebook because, you know, if anybody's using Facebook, uh, you should know uh, that the Governments, law enforcement, intelligence agencies are spying on citizens, and of course, they are spying on movements. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, here in the United States has complained about COINTEL pro-light surveillance, and they do a lot of surveillance through Facebook. So, I'm not saying, because I'm certainly not going to, uh, um, water down my voice on the internet but you definitely want to be codified you don't want to make it easy for them now I'm not saying that to say that she did something wrong um, I'm just putting that out as a, a general uh, suggestion to people that's active on, on Facebook don't make it easy for them and always know that they watching alright and, and, and uh, documenting what you're posting so um let's go ahead and get started uh sis before I jump into this story about Herman Bell and I got some audio I want to play uh, via the Freedom Archives um and also uh Herman's voice um as well um he made a recording from behind bars and and so i uh spliced those two together but before we go to that um is there anything that um you may have uh come to your attention in terms of announcements uh since we last uh, uh communicated about tonight's program anything you want to put out
1: um there's actually
3: um an action coming up for Leonard Peltier. Um, This specific action is going to take place on um, Thursday, November 26th Mm -hmm. in um, DC.
0: So that's going to be about what, Uh three weeks from now? Yes. Okay. All right. And I believe I may have shared something on Leonard in the last program. And, um, but of course, we can always update people. Y'all can check us out on Facebook, Political Prisoner Radio. Um, I don't recall from memory the website for the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee, but if you just put that in the search engine, you'll be able to find that. Uh, but there has been some, uh, movement on his case as well. Um, yeah, I remember you, you had, um, um, One of the South American countries, their president might have been Eva Morales that um, met. They had some kind of conference and also Ban Ki-moon was there. The secretary general of the United Nations was there and uh, they issued a call for the release of, of, of Leonard Peltier. So I do remember that.
3: Right, and also to um, just to piggyback on some of the reporting that we've been doing about the um, kingdom of Hawaii, um, if you wanted to um, talk about the liberation efforts of uh, the indigenous community on the island and um, you had sent me something about the um, Hawaiian proxy ratio
0: yeah uh the new website i just launched um it's probably been up about a week now it's proxyracism.com and the purpose of that website is to to bring to the attention to non-white people um around the world uh, how we assist and that assistance may be willful assistance because we are getting rewarded for being traitors or or whatnot or for betraying people and betraying movements or you're unwittingly being used as a proxy and you don't even know it. But proxy racism is when the system of racism, white supremacists, uh, white supremacy and white supremacists will use a non-white person to advance uh their goals. So I published an article about um um the what would judicial watch, the right-wing legal group called Judicial Watch. Uh I subscribed to their email list and and so uh they had sent out a press release about several different things that they were involved in and that was one of them. And they have found some not some uh, People who say they are de- a Hawaiian descendant and um, they live here on the mainland, of continental United States, as it's called, um, but um, they found they are filing a lawsuit with them named as the plaintiffs to stop. The independence vote for Hawaii to reestablish its sovereignty and reinstitute or reconstitute the kingdom of Hawaii, which was illegally uh, overthrown. Um, the U.S. government has acknowledged this, the Senate, and, and not just recently either, but um, Dole, the food company, most people might recognize that Dole pineapple I think they also made ketchup or something um Elizabeth Dole was a North Carolina senator at one time but her husband Bob Dole um who ran for president as a Republican she was a Republican too but uh he ran for president as a Republican and it was I think it was his great-grandfather who went along with some other businessmen and in contingents of the um um, U.S. Marines illegally overthrew that country. They kidnapped the Queen, uh, held her hostage. They threatened to murder people and she did not, uh, get, uh, sign some paperwork giving over the sovereignty. And so, um, uh, what the Queen did, and I can't remember her, her name, um, but, um, uh, anyway what she did was she went along with it to say to people from being murdered by by these thugs and um so but she was hoping that you know the rest of the world was going to come to her defense you know or come to hawaii's defense because uh they were a sovereign nation with diplomatic ties with the international community but no such thing happened did you have any thoughts on it
3: um yeah I mean I think one of the um ma- one of the main issues or key issues here is that in the mainland of the United States um various different um indigenous communities have recognition and you know we we know the the ugly history of uh you know government genocide and the uh Reservation systems and land snatching and thievery and on the island of Hawaii, various different forms of, you know, local, state, federal recognition for, you know, indigenous communities and tribes doesn't exist in Hawaii the same way it exists in the United States. And this has been, you know, of course, in the ongoing issue since um, you know, the, the colonization of this land and of course, um, you know, the, the facts of, uh, the island as, as well as, you know, um, many of the other islands, um, that the U.S., uh, currently holds as territories as well as, you know, just individuals and communities identifying, you know, as, as indigenous and having history stolen. Uh, land stolen, history stolen, and, um, you know, like a lot of my friends say, there's never going
0: to be justice on stolen land. Yeah, um, heritage stolen in the case of enslaved Africans. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we're dealing with a lot, man, dealing with a lot. But it is good to see they're making that moves, and this isn't something like like they they just got together and decided, to we're going to vote. No, this is something that the Interior Department, the Obama administration, um, has. uh, um, I don't. I guess the best way to say is gave their permission. Uh, You know, USA Inc. is 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 in one of those rare uh, instances in history is I guess trying to right a wrong. I can't. I'm I'm at a loss for words to describe it. But um, this is being sanctioned. This vote for independence, of uh, them being able to establish their own government uh, or reestablish their government, um, has the well, blessing. There's two other- things
3: here, Scotty. Okay. There's there's two things to mention. One is the issue of creating a government very similar to what some of the other nations already have.
4: Okay.
2: You
3: know, um so that's one thing, being able to establish uh a a tribal government or a system of self-governing. The other portion is establishing self, getting rid of uh, the statehood, of um, the U.S. statehood and right. literally kicking, you know, the U.S. government well, out. That, that so is, that has two been different brought things up here that people need to be aware of.
0: Yeah. And that was mentioned in the original um, uh, press releases uh, that I had read is that they will have that option. This isn't like some little proxy government that they're about to set up. That um, it was stated by people in the Interior Department that's working with them through this process that they will decide whether or not they want to continue a relationship with the United States or not. So it's totally in their hands. And and it's
3: very, and and, I mean, it could be that we see an unfortunate scenario here where, you know, the island would be some ridiculous shit called a commonwealth. You know, the same thing as Puerto Rico,
0: right? you know what I mean? Or the Virgin you know, Islands. That,
3: that, right, right, right. So rather than be a free and independent people and in an independent nation, they would still, still be a colony. Subject to, right, still subject to U.S.
1: policy.
0: Right, right. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's move on. We don't want to run out of time here. Uh, our first story um, that... We want to uh, share with you Herman Bale is a political prisoner who was active during the 60s and 70s in the movement to make black lives matter in the fight for social justice. He was active with the Black Panther Party and the Black Liberation Army. He's coming up for parole once again and once again the racist white supremacist and police brutality supporter Pat Lynch. I just can't stand that man. I like to get in a celebrity boxing match with him so I could just just man, just pound them. Uh, each and every time is the each and every time um, political prisoners, not just Herman Bell, that are in the New York area come up for uh, parole. Here comes the Police Benevolence uh, Association, which is headed by the racist white supremacist Pat Lynch, and they run a campaign, a media propaganda campaign to demonize. Uh, the, 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 uh, individuals, political prisoners coming up for parole, much like the, it was done during the COINTEL, uh, pro period to demonize the movements that they were part of. And, uh, this is the same. Right. I mean, Scottie, yeah. you
3: can look at how Pat Lynch and them are actually trying to demonize Quentin Tarantino. you know, right. and Saying that, like, oh, they've got something for him. You know, we got something up our sleeves. Really, if you're you know, willing to go after the film director because he chooses to be a part of a political movement and make statements, you know, I mean, that just, that just tells you right there. It's a primary example of how far that, you know, they ain't nothing but a terrorist
0: organization. Exactly. That's all you have to say. Terrorists. They are terrorists. And I actually wrote an article. I hope people will check it out on uh, com, and the title of the article is Why You Should Break Code and Support the Tarantino Film Hateful Eight because these hateful police who have also been joined by the Border, con- border Patrol are calling for a boycott. This film comes out on Christmas Day. It's also starring Samuel L. Jackson and i don't go to the movies i don't spend money on movies i rarely recommend a movie unless it has a really strong political social uh message in it uh but i don't i don't do entertainment i don't i shouldn't say i don't do entertainment i should say i don't pay for entertainment so i'm i'm breaking cold and uh i'm going to on christmas day Uh, with some family members, we're going to show support for Quentin Tarantino's taking a stand and speaking out against uh, racism and white supremacy because he did say that police violence is linked to white supremacy. So this is who we're talking about. We're talking about a thug, Pat Lynch. We're talking about a terrorist. And and so if we want white people, like I heard people say, let me say it this way, if we want white people to take a stand against uh, racism and white supremacy or if we are of the mindset that only white people can end racism and white supremacy, then when they, may, when they take a step or um um take part in an action towards that end then we need to support them we need to give them some butter biscuits just like the white supremacists get a proxy racist butter biscuits does that make any sense to you sis All right, so let's roll into uh, this audio clip um, again. Uh, thank you, Freedom Archives. They do great work. I think it's freedomarchives.org. They do a good uh, good work, um, uh, making documentaries and and putting out media in relation to freedom movements uh, that many of these political prisoners were a part of. So the first part that you're gonna hear was made by them and I suspect that the audio recording you're going to hear of 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 brother Herman Bell uh, comes from his family so uh, here it is
4: more than two and a half million human beings are imprisoned in the US this mass incarceration overwhelmingly aimed at people of color and criminalizing youth makes the US by far the greatest purveyor of punishment in the world among these millions are a number of political prisoners and among these courageous sisters and brothers, is Herman Bell. Herman Bell has been a political prisoner in the U.S. for nearly 40 years. When national liberation and revolution rocked the world in the 1960s and 70s, Herman was active in the social justice movements of those times, particularly the Black Liberation Movement and the Black Panther Party. In the face of intense and, in fact, murderous government repression against civil rights and Black liberation struggles, dedication and militance of Herman and many others intensified. He went underground for several years until his arrest in New Orleans in September 1973. He and four others then stood trial in New York for the murder of two New York policemen, Joseph P. Agantini and Waverly Jones. Their first trial ended in a hung jury. In the second trial, Herman, Noel Washington, and Jaleel King were convicted based on the coerced testimony of another former Black Panther member, who have been repeatedly tortured in the wounds
2: When you deal with someone who has been a part of an empowering movement, such as the Black Panther Party, and I underline the word empowering movement in all aspects of it, it's really difficult to see those men and women who spent years and years and years incarcerated for what they believed in and for the way in which they try to be of service in building communities.
5: And the prospects of me getting out, I don't know. I spent more of my life in here than I have on the streets.
4: Over nearly four decades in prison, Herman has maintained his commitment to social transformation and demonstrated his care and compassion for the black community behind and outside the walls. Aware that mass imprisonment has a deeply damaging impact on African-American families, he has provided black youth with a positive role model, a strong, dignified black man who respects himself and others, who keeps his head up even amidst the racist neo slavery of the U.S. prison system.
6: My is Simone, and uh, I'm six years old. I'm going to show you a picture that I do of my family. And it's for my grandpa, Herman Bell.
5: I have a beautiful family. Uh, my my wife, Nancy, my son, Camel, and I have uh, two grandbabies. <laughs> Sage is in the fifth grade, going on the sixth grade, and is doing really well. And Simone, what grade are you in? Just kidding. i was in the first grade. <laughs> <laughs> Doing really well in the first grade.
7: I want my daughters to know their grandfather, and I want them to know him outside of jail, outside of a place where they can't, you know, hug or kiss him if they want to, where they can't wake up and enjoy the sunshine or talk about. Um, going to the park or going to a movie or, um, you know, where he can't read them a bedtime story if he wanted to.
5: It has been extremely hard on my family, uh, this, this uh, imprisonment. Herman is very close to our hearts, has been uh, incarcerated out there for my whole life and for our children's whole lives, and the only contact um, that they've had with him is through either a glass window or over a table in a prison visiting room. and You know, that's very hard for young children to understand and to take in.
6: When we visit, it's hard because we just imagine him coming home with us, and it's um, hard to not have that happen. Right when I had to go, I started crying because I really didn't want to go. I wanted to, um, I wanted him to go with me, or me to stay with him and visit more. It's nice that even though we had to drive like three hours, it's nice that we still got a chance to see.
5: I think it's, you know, it's the number one priority and goal in our life at this point is to, um, obviously raise them to be the best they can be. But, um, in doing that, you know, the number one thing is for their grandfather to come home and enjoy us as a family unit. I don't think we'll ever be whole as a family until he's able to come home and, um, live with us and enjoy the spoils of having these beautiful grandchildren and, um, watch them grow up and do all the things that um, a grandfather should get to do. And likewise for the grandchildren, they get to be with their granddad, who they love and adore.
7: I mean, he's an amazing man. You know, he's kind and generous and loving and compassionate and just a really great person to be around.
5: He deserves a opportunity, just like anyone else, a fair shot to be heard and to come home legitimately. Regardless of what anybody thinks around the political nature of, of the case and facts surrounding and things like that, he is uh, more than served his sentence and deserves parole all deserves to come home.
7: If you want to talk about looking at a man for who he is, then let's look at who he is. Let's look at what he's done. Let's look at what he stands for let's look at what he does on a daily basis, not just for our family and for us, but for other folks, for other people in the community.
4: In his youth, Herman was an outstanding athlete and talented quarterback, winning a football scholarship. Over the years in prison, he has coached football and basketball. He has also earned a dual Bachelor in Science degree in psychology and sociology, and a master's degree in sociology. Steeped in world history, particularly African history, he has shared his knowledge widely. He has also taught English skills to many and encourages all to develop their own educational and vocational abilities. Herman's outreach to those outside the walls has been incredibly impressive. He shared his knowledge of community survival programs from the Black Panther days with environmental activists in Maine to create the Victory Gardens Project, where hundreds of community activist volunteers would grow and distribute for free their organic harvests back into their respective communities. With Herman's help, this long-running project brought diverse people together to develop self-sustaining communities while learning about political prisoners and fighting for their release and even sponsoring a middle school essay contest on community involvement. In 2002, Herman organized several New York State prisoners to join him in a pen pal dialogue with homeless children in New York City and the letters were made into a booklet for free distribution. From 2001 on, with Canadian friends, Herman has been instrumental in creating a widely distributed calendar that highlights social justice struggles past and present. And these are just a few examples In fact, even parole commissioners have noted Herman's impressive record of accomplishments.
5: My commitment to the uplift of of our people, that is what keeps me going. That uh, is the focus of my life. And for all of us who are out here,
2: who are active and continue to be active, the fact that, that he's there and still alive and still active is an important signal for us as well. We need him here out on the street. We need him here with all of his creative energy and all of his creative brilliance. We cannot forget Herman Bell.
6: And I want to go to the park with him. I want to go to the movies with him. I want to have a party after he um, comes back and Um, just really, really want him to come back. Because I really, really miss him and I love him so much.
4: Herman Bell is a man of great principle and courage. He has dedicated his life to social justice, to the care and education of others, to exposing the genocidal inhumanity of the prison system. We hope you are inspired by Herman and encourage you to help win his release, to enable this brilliant and accomplished brother, at long, long last, to come home.
2: The question that, that we have to ask ourselves, as Herman Bell is still a participant in the work that he does with the food bank, in the work that he does and extending the whole ideas around community and spirit of generosity, and all, with all of that work that he does. We have to to remember that, and in remembering that, we have to use all and must of all our energies to bring Herman Bell home, to bring Herman Bell home.
6: Hi, my name is Sage. I'm 10 years old. I wrote a song called Freedom for my grandpa, Herman Bell. He's a political prisoner in New York, and I wrote this song because I wanted you guys to know that I want him out, and I want him. When I heard about love, I was far gone up in dreaming, and yet here I am, still having that dream. By the time I was eight, I was getting dressed to find myself.
1: Message from Herman Bell. I've been told it's good that you should hear my voice. Here's something direct from me. So where to we What to say? As I want you to connect with me, want you to feel my hand in yours, want you to see and experience my journey. I've been locked in a prison cell for years. Have spent more time in prison than I have on the streets. I need your support. Get me out so I can go home. I am as ordinary as your neighbor next door. No different than you are. I have a wife, children, two lovely school-aged granddaughters. I value hard work, fair treatment, social justice, transparency, and accountability. You can say I'm a people's person. I believe strongly that people should help people. That to each according to his or her needs and from each according to his or her ability. You see, I'm not a criminal in the strict sense of the word. I never posed a danger to civil society. I never sought personal gain from my political actions. Never robbed, never threatened, coerced, nor intimidated anyone in civil society. I never sold drugs. But I did, as did many others, militantly resist the unrelenting structural violence of white racist domination and control that has afflicted the black community since black people were brought here as swayed. Accordingly, in early February 2016, I will appear once again before the New York State Parole Board. It will be my 7th. I am out for a I've done the time on a 25-year life sentence. I have satisfied all structural requirements over these long years and have had no serious disciplinary issues. Yet, each time I appear before the board, I'm denied parole, quote, due to the nature of my offense, unquote. And that is the assassination of two New York City policemen. The nature of my sentence of conviction arose from the immense social turmoil of the 60s and 70s, and the FBI's infamous counterinsurgent program known as COINTELPRO, that sought through diverse and insidious means to destroy the Black Panther Party, founded in Oakland, California in 1965, that I was a member of. This government program sought to deny black political and economic self-empowerment, destruction of the Black Panther Party, in the words of then-FBI Director Hoover, quote, by any means necessary, unquote. And this was a paramount to their design. Nationally, Quantel Flow enlisted the aid of local and state police agencies in this campaign. It was a push to maintain the levers of racial racist political power in this country. that has dominated and controlled the lives of black people through terror, bloodshed, lashing, and lynching since its founding. The rage and sorrow of black people had sat in the darkness far too long. And we pushed back in defense of our community against that tradition of domination and control that has persistently fed off black people in this country longer than they have been free. It was an unapologetic, direct attack on and resistance to the racist power structure. In this country, that had so historically maltreated and exploited black people as though it were a national birthright. It gratified some and astonished others, and as unfortunate and regrettable as it often is in civil conflict, violence and bloodshed on both sides are bound to occur. You may find my sentence of conviction inexcusable. You may likewise find the government's actions during those times inexcusable, too. We Panthers were in prison. FBI, state, and local police agents and their provocateurs went unindicted for their unprovoked attacks on the black community. This history, these events are what I am up against whenever I go before the parole board. The New York Police Union Benevolent Association, have a close connection with the New York tabloids. And each time before I go before the board, newspaper articles opposing my release is a front page story, and online the PPA circulates a petition opposing my release, creating the impression of groundswell opposition to my release when it's just the PPA. You can write the New York State Parole Board and tell them how you feel. By writing the Parole Board supporting my release, because I have done the time, have satisfied all legal requirements, and deserve to be released, does in no way mean that you advocate, support, or intend to mimic what I did yourself. It simply means you think I've done enough time and should be allowed to go home. I thank you for allowing me this opportunity to say these few words to you. And I wish you well, as I hope you do the same for me. And let us work hard in my behalf to get me out of here. Thank you very much. This is Herman.
0: You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to Political Prisoner Radio. We broadcast this program every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. It is hosted by um, myself, uh, Scotty Reed, as well as co-produced and co-hosted by Sister Amidio. Whitlock. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on commentary there. You heard all you needed to hear because we got other stories we need to get through uh, before the next program comes on. But I have linked to in the program description or you can just go there yourself and you can go to freehermanbell.org. That's freehermanbell.org. All right. And um, I'll just say this. I understand that the Black Lives Matter movement is a very young movement and they're still finding their way in the world. But at some point, I would like to see that uh, you make political prisoners matter, uh, because uh, while I do not want to speak any ill uh, into the future, but it is possible that you, too, one day. Could be a political prisoner, especially if you stand on your principles and you don't compromise with this system. All right. Uh, So um, we need all hands on deck in terms of our political prisoners because they have been locked up for far too long. Political prisoners and prisoners of war is a, a description that I. Uh, have heard other political prisoners call themselves, and there is a war. There has always been a war on Black life in this in this community, and they. Um, I'm not going to say they were the first one, the first movement to work to make Black lives matter, but I would say uh, prior to now that they were the last movement, and it is just shameful that all these other Black organizations and 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 politicians and whatnot. Uh, don't give a damn about them, cause they sold out for butter biscuits, man. I'm telling you, proxy racism is is a terrible uh problem, and it's a subset of racism and white supremacy. Um, I do want to share real quick before Amijo uh shares uh, the last two stories with you? There is a a urgent medical emergency for Robert Self Hayes. I will read that to you. It con it came to me via NYC Jericho. And um, I'll just read it. Um, I just received a call from Ori Lumumba regarding Seth Hayes. Uh, As many of you know, Seth has a chronic cough since May of this year for which he did not receive any diagnosis or treatment for many months. When Seth finally saw the pulmonologist at Coxsackle on Monday, November the 2nd, the doctor wanted to know why the medical personnel at Sullivan had waited so long to bring Seth for a pulmonary exam. The pulmonologist intends to schedule for Seth a CT scan a CT scan of his heart and blood work. The pulmonologist thought there might be some infection but needs more info. In addition, the facility doctor, Dr. uh, Sederowicz told Seth to come to the clinic to use the nebulizer whenever he feels short of breath. Seth has been using an inhaler twice a day does not get to carry his inhaler, so he needs to go to medical when he gets short, short of breath. And also the nebulizer twice a day for a while now, although he does not yet have a diagnosis of the cause of his chronic cough on a prior occasion about 10 days ago. Correction officer Slater, who was accompanying Seth to the clinic, stated that Seth did not really need the nebulizer. So, man, I'm going to reserve my commentary for right now. Uh, Then the nurses did not attend to Seth and he had to overcome his difficulty breathing on his own. Today, the same thing happened again with C.O. Slater. Once again, claiming that Seth did not really need the nebulizer, Seth passed out shortly thereafter, and a cold blue was called on him. We need people to call Superintendent Kaiser uh, or Keizer at Sullivan specifically about Co. Slater, that slave uh, uh, overseer, uh, yes, like plantation overseer, interfering with and preventing Seth from receiving medical. Uh, needed medical attention. This CO should never accompany self to the medical clinic again. Also ask why the nurses are not following the facility doctor's medical advice instead of paying attention to CO Slater. We also need people to call and fax Dr. Koenigsman and Nancy Ling in Albany to demand that Seth receive all needed pulmonary tests as soon as possible and that C.O. Slater be prohibited from accompanying Seth to the clinic in the future. This is attempted medical murder of one of our beloved freedom fighters and we must do everything possible to keep Seth at this time. Uh, Superintendent Kaiser at Sullivan's telephone number is 845-434-2080. Again, this is Superintendent Kaiser. That is 845-434-2080. Dr. Cohen-Ixman is 518-457-7073. That's the phone number, 518-457-7073. And the fax number is 518 518- 445 that's 518 445 that's the fax. Nancy lean 518-445-6176, that's 518-445-6176. Seth needs visitors and letters as well. You can write him at Robert Seth Hayes, number 74-A, as in Apple. Dash 2280. That is the uh, number 74 dash A dash 2280 at Sullivan Correctional Facility, P.O. Box 116, Fallsburg, New York, 12733 dash 0116. A van to, to Sullivan can pick you up at your door if you want to go and in person. Um, That To call for a ride, call 845-866-1118. That's 845-866-1118. And again, the same commentary here. Political prisoners' lives matter. Sister Amidio, you want to take over uh, the next two stories. um, And if you have any commentary on what we've shared already, uh, please do so. Sister Mijo, you there? You might have muted yourself, sis. Hello. Okay, we Hello got team.
1: you.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> All
3: right. So, um, the next story, um, an update that we wanted to share this evening, is uh, uh, Jared Chase of the uh, Nato Three. Um, Jared is serving um, an eight-year sentence. Um, he was um part of the uh, 2012 NATO summit in Chicago and um, himself along with other comrades were uh set up by undercover cops um, and he it was alleged that um the activists were going to um use um, Incinerary devices, um, which were defined as Molotov cocktails. Um, however they were, were never used. And um, he was originally charged with multiple counts of terrorism under Illinois state law, not federal charges, and he and his co-defendants were acquitted of all terrorism-related charges, but convicted on lesser charges, including misdemeanor alleged mob action. And possession of an incinerary device with an intent to allegedly commit arson. Um, Chase is currently scheduled to be released on parole in uh, May 2016. However, he still has an unresolved battery charge pending resulting from an incident in Cook County jail, um, with guards during his pretrial trial confinement. Um, his doctors are also, uh, explaining that Chase has, um, Huntington's disease and it's likely a factor, um, contributing to, uh, his health needs and, um, him, uh, you know, expressing, um, to, uh, correctional officers and to the system that, um, he he needs medical help, of course, which he's obviously being denied as well as all of our other political prisoners are being denied various forms of uh, adequate medical care. Um, Chase has not been receiving the recommended medical care and nutritional supplements required to treat his condition while in custody, further um, adding to, um, you know, his his expression of uh, need to uh, the system. Um, that says Chase has dismissed both of his NGL attorneys and his public defender, and a trial for allegedly assaulting guards has been postponed yet again until December 7th. Um, he continues to face harsh treatment and custody, including, including losing good time, losing visitation rights, having personal property destroyed, spending time in solitary confinement, and even being housed on a suicidal watch, despite not being suicidal. He has gone on many hunger strikes as his only recourse to demand that they meet his medical and nutritional needs without much success. In October of 2014, Chase wrote to several supporters that I'm a transgender woman asking to be referred to as Maya Chase. In accordance with those statements, wishes supporters spread the word in blogs and via social media that Chase uh, preferred a uh, preferred name was Maya and pronouns were feminine. In a more recent letter, however, dated September 21st 2015. Chase explicitly requested that his legal name and male pronouns be used once again to identify him. Also, let me apologize for rushing so much in my last letter that I didn't get to explain the sudden change of name. After a lot of thinking, I've decided even though I am uh, I I don't think I want to spend the rest of my life as a woman 24-7. So you can refer to me in masculine terms letters from the date forward have been signed Jared or J. Uh, Jared needs all the uh, love and support of our community as he navigates a hostile and inhumane institution from the inside letters may be sent to him uh Jared Chase m44710 po box 99 Pontiac Illinois 61764
0: Same thing. Political prisoner lives matter, and it's just a shame that um, you know it's it's a very small um, minority of people who are even aware of political prisoners. And of course, that's the purpose of this program is to make you aware of these political prisoners. I'm not blaming you for not knowing what you don't know because I know there are not many. Uh, places that you can get this type of information but once you come into the knowledge of the information it is also incumbent upon you to share the information with others whether you just share the podcast whether you uh, follow the page Political Prisoner Radio and uh, ask others um, and you know linking up and and following the websites that we link to for the political prisoners but I I just feel really really bad that these people um, are going through this and there isn't a, um, there isn't really. Um, I don't want. Let me use, choose my words carefully, Sister Amigio. There just isn't a high. They, they're not getting the high profile that they need, considering the sacrifices that they have made.
3: Right.
0: And did you want to uh, go into our last international story uh, of a new political prisoner?
3: And right. our last um, story and 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 I think you know, as I've explained before on the previous show, that you know we and and I mean, you and I have talked about this, um, you know, linking uh, international struggles um, across the world um, that you know we we need our connections with, you know, between our international brothers and sisters to if we're gonna change you know anything here, in this land and territory, and if we're going to, you know, uh, smash a state and capitalism, racism, white supremacy, you know, um, you know, we're gonna have to, um, you know, link, link arms with, uh, you know, our brothers and sisters right. and allies right. in, in other nations.
0: And, and before you know, Malcolm. I think- I'm I'm sorry, sis, I just wanted to say before Malcolm X was assassinated, that's one of the things that he was working on, establishing those connections with with uh people overseas to to, you know, link the struggles uh, but then he was assassinated and uh, then the you know when you probably know more about the history than I do, Sister Mija, but even the Black Panther Party picked up on that internet that uh move that Malcolm made in establishing, you know, uh lines of communication and solidarity with with uh oppressed people all over the world and they actually had a chapter of the Black Panther Party in Palestine.
3: Oh, I mean, absolutely, you know, like, that's one of the cornerstones of, uh, you know, Huey-specific ideology, you know, internationalism, you know, and intercommunalism, you know, um, and that's why the Panthers were, you know, able to go all around the world and had allies all around the world. And they're still, you know, allies, you know, around the world um, from a multitude of different generations now. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, important to even talk about, you know, the issues that, you know, youth are having here, you know, in the schools where we're seeing, you know, police brutalize our children in the schools. You know, there's also, you know, in Palestine, there are days where some of these children can't even get to school, you know, because the military is out there, you know, intimidating children, you know, beating their parents, locking them up. You know, um, and 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 Samara's story um, is just a prime example. You know, a 15 year old girl, you know, who was was arrested after you know there was a, a, a raid um, in her community, and she was arrested for um, posting things on Facebook. Um, and now, uh, according to news on Friday. That she was released on bail and on house arrest for four days by simply, you know, fighting against the occupation and whatever it was that she had posted on Facebook.
0: I mean, I'm just reminded of where you are, sis, in Baltimore, during the Baltimore uprising. Um, A lot of those people are, are in a similar situation as she is in, you know, organizing on Facebook and agitating, which I try to do that every day. You know, uh, um, uh, Frederick Douglass said, you know, those who depreciate, uh, agitating are those who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without the thunder. So, you know, I can't say what what it is or or what for what reason, uh, that they arrested her because of whatever she posted on on Facebook. But again. Uh, people have uh, oppressed people under the uh, international law have a, a right to resist oppression by any means necessary. Isn't that codified in international law?
3: It is. And, and it also, you know, reminds me of, uh, you know, during the rebellion, when the cops and the National Guard um, set up the youth from Frederick Douglass High School right there at Mondawmin Mall. And, you know, I was just looking at some of the footage recently, and I was telling somebody about how, you know, they're literally out there shooting, you know, shooting at the young people and shooting rubber bullets. And there's some raw video that, you know, I looked at as a young person getting shot in the head with a rubber bullet. You know, he, he's actually video recording, You know, um, you know, the police and National Guard and other youth you know, um, running through the streets. And in the midst of his recording, I guess, it may have been his cell phone. You know, he got shot. And, um, you know, it just, sometimes I think here in in the U.S., people don't look at what is happening, you know, all around the world and, and making those um, strategic connections and, and links and, you know, understanding. You know, the same thing that's happening here is being exported. You know, to other places around the world, and um, you know, we uh, we've, we've got to end the occupation, and um, you know, no more U.S. Um, funding um, for Israel, and um, you know, the 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 land must be free, the people must be free, political prisoners must be free, and um, you know, we need to end Zionism.
0: Most certainly. And people should think about how our children over here are are lack of resources of you know, cause we do New Abolitionist Radio on Wednesdays to bring uh, to people's attention slavery was never abolished in the United States. That um, you know they can put you into slavery as punishment for crime, as it states clearly states in the Thirteenth Amendment. And and you know I remember reading some arg- articles shared in our group moved to abolish 21st century slavery on Facebook. Uh, how there's more money being spent to build prisons than there is being put into schools to provide resources or even build new schools or repair dilapidated schools and whatnot. And now you think about the billion dollars annually, not not every ten years or twenty years, annually, every year, a a a, a billion dollars is 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 being of your tax dollars being given to Israel to oppress the original inhabitants of, of that land. Um, so, yeah. People may not think we, you don't, well, you know, it's not my problem and I don't have no connection to it. I don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, yes, you do because you're funding one side. So, yeah. But the struggles are, it's, it's like I'm thinking of this rap song. Uh, I can't remember the group name, but all around the world, the same song when it comes to oppressed people uh especially non-white people primarily non-white people uh we do not have any political prisoner birthdays this week uh to announce um but um of course if we have any coming up uh, we'll we'll share them uh, with you on our Facebook page. Follow us on political uh, on Facebook at Political Prisoner Radio. Uh, make sure that you tell somebody about this program so we can spread the word about political prisoners, because many people don't even think the Uni- or know that the United States has political prisoners. Sister Mija, you got any final uh, closing thoughts? Um. Yeah.
3: I guess my um last comment was that. Uh, we have, uh, some court support needed for, um, uh, Tyler's, uh, sentencing, um, and Tyler Lang, um, is one of the, um, men being charged with the, um, the animal rights. We've, we've talked about his case, um, before. So he's being charged under um, the Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act.
6: Yes. Yes. And
3: um, yes. he has a court case coming up December eighteenth. Yes. Um. And we had a supporter uh, reach out to us. Um. So um, just wanted to put this information out. Um, Can we get early. that up on the Facebook so, page? Yeah. So so the supporters um and listeners will know. That's coming up December eighteenth um, in uh, Chicago.
1: Um, okay. So
3: yeah, as 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 this gets closer, um, we'll have uh, some more information and um, supporters on to um, speak
1: about um, what's needed in pilot landscape.
0: All right, uh, folks. When we come to the conclusion of Political Prisoner Radio, Uh, please stay tuned as the Lotus Place is coming on air right after us, and they're going to be talking about the stand. Uh, that the Missouri students, college students, college athletes are taken against racism and white supremacy and demanding that the president of that university resign for not uh, caring about black lives. All right. So black lives don't matter to him. So he got to go. So stay tuned for the Lotus Place Uh, We will be back on air with um, our weekly weekly episode of Political Prisoner Radio next Sunday. Until then, be safe behind these enemy lines. Recognize the fact that you live on a battlefield and casualties are being created every day. Develop codification, battlefield awareness, so that you can decrease the likelihood that you will become a victim. Peace and blessings to all.